0: Do you want to find solutions on how to make decisions faster, how to solve problems with your teams, or define a clear strategy that resonates with your staff and customers? There is a workshop for that. Hello there, I'm Nati Ravez, founder of La Workshoppers. I'm a collaboration consultant and workshop facilitator, member of an amazing workshopper community. In this podcast, I meet them to get the best advice on facilitation, and I let leaders and managers speak to understand the challenges they are facing. Welcome to the show. While a consultant provides advice in a particular area of expertise, a facilitator is a neutral guide who brings a group of people together to accomplish a task. The roles are different and can of course be combined, but it all depends on the needs of the client. A client hires a facilitator when they think the knowledge is already in the room and the group just needs to be guided through a process to achieve an outcome. Whereas they hire a consultant when they think the group lacks the knowledge and need an external expert to move forward. My guest today, Javier von Westphalen, although his name sounds Germanic, is from Peru and lives in San Diego, USA. He has been a consultant for years and is now taking a new role as a workshop facilitator. Today we are talking about the role of a facilitator, why this new role gives him energy when his consulting room was so draining, what is the method he discovered that led him to change roles, and finally he gives us an insight into the techniques and exercises he likes the most to use to help a group of people make decisions. Be sure to listen to this episode and don't forget to take advantage of the discount for the Facilitators Connect event, which will take place in September in the Netherlands, thanks to the coupon kindly offered for the listeners of this podcast. Have a good listen and enjoy! Hello, Javier.
1: Hello, Nati.
0: Is it correct to say Javier?
1: It's Javier.
0: Javier. Ja. Javier. Ja. Wow. Yeah,
1: it's like, like. Javier. there you go. Yeah, so it's like the, the first two syllables is like if you're laughing, ha, ja, ha, ja, ha, ja, ha, ja. and then Javier. Ja.
0: <laughs> Hello, Javier.
1: There you go. You see? <laughs> That's perfect.
0: Nice. I've learned something to, uh, today. <laughs> So, Javier, yeah. <laughs> I'm very, very, very happy to have you here. Your last name is von Westphalen. And since I'm living in Germany, it sounds very German, actually, how it comes from.
1: <laughs> actually, it is German. It is German. Uh, my, if I go back to my ancestors, they should possibly come from Westphalia. But okay. I was born in Lima, Peru.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, my great grandfathers migrated from Germany to, uh, to Chile and then actually they reside, they decided to reside in Lima, Peru and establish a business. And then, you know.
0: Now you are living in San
1: Diego. Right. Now I'm living in San Diego. Actually, it is, I will say that I'm bicostal because I still have uh, things in Baltimore. I, I just recently moved to San Diego, but I lived like 17 years in, in Baltimore, Maryland. And I will still say I go back and forth, I will say probably bicostal.
0: I'm very happy to have you here because I was intrigued by your LinkedIn a few months ago, since I could read um, that you are a workshop facilitator, of course, uh, who helps rebels with a cause create breakthrough solutions to their challenges faster. So my, my first question is, what is a rebel for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good question, Nady. But you actually, but first of all, you know, I'm really glad to actually that we are chatting together and thank you very much for having me on your podcasts. Now, what's a rebel? A rebel to me is a change maker. Someone who is looking to improve things, that you know, has the courage to be creative and innovative and in solving problems. Someone who actually says, Okay, there has to be a better way. I am tired of this or I see a need, but there is a way that actually we need to change that. Th- the way things are. That's a rebel.
0: Okay, so nice to hear it. This is a good name, a rebel who want to do something new actually and don't want to stay in the standard format, if I understood Braille.
1: Correct, yes. Okay,
0: so Javier, you've been working a long time as a business coach and consultant. And you find out about what facilitation is and discover a new way to work with group. But we discussed about that. The name facilitator had a completely different meaning for you. What did you think a facilitator was (laughs) and what is a facilitator for you now?
1: That's kind of interesting because it is true though, actually. I thought facilitators were just mediators. Someone actually who were brought to actually, you know, mediate a dispute, uh, you know, to actually move to parties to get to a resolution. So it, it is, you know, so either be a contract or it is a diplomatic, diplomatic situation or, you know, they have an impasse, bypass. So the facilitator was that kind of person who came in to help negotiate and get to a resolution to move forward. I never thought the facilitator was a type of career that worked actually with companies to help them be innovative and solve problems.
0: Okay, so a facilitator is someone who is helping companies solving problems and get stuff done, right?
1: Right, Yes. So that's the new definition. That's actually, that's, that's, you know, what I learned in an expanded my horizon of what a facilitator is. Is someone who actually becomes to be, let's see, the Sherpa, the guide that helps teams collaborate together in a collaboration to unlock or unleash their superpowers and help them through a guided exercises. So different exercises, solve problems, get on a stack, you know, develop a strategy. Uh, And come up, you know, really come up with a, can come up to solutions with solutions.
0: Mm -hmm. And you've been a business consultant in the past. What is the difference between a consultant and a facilitator?
1: Well, they both actually are under the umbrella of consultants. Mm -hmm. What we usually think as a consultant, let's say, is the traditional role. Mm -hmm. And in that traditional role, a client Actually, submits a request for proposal. They have a problem. You come in, and then you go back to the office. If you win the proposal, you go back to the office and you work to solve the problem. You work to actually create solutions for that, then create an action plan, and you go back to the client and provide that. See, so your 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 outcome is okay. I come back, and I'm telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. This is based on my expertise. This is what you should actually, how you should move on. And this is how we're solving your problem. The facilitator is a different type of consultant. It's a, the difference is, is how you work. A Facilitator is like we we're saying, the facilitator is someone who actually comes and collaborates with a team, with a client. It's someone who actually guides them to really leverage the knowledge that the team has. hmm Right. So you go through a different exercises and they come up with their own solutions, their own problems. You help them actually um, get in line on what is the key problem they need to solve and then move from there on how you're going to solve it, how you can be creative, how actually, you know, what will be the next steps when they actually have a couple ideas to be able to, you know, experiment or test it and see if there is, a, you know, it's. It is is moving in the right direction. So that's the kind of person, you know, facilitator. It's a different type of consultant.
0: Yeah. So the consultant is actually more observing and coming up with his own ideas that the team could then apply. And a facilitator is more the person who is guiding the team so that they can find out by themselves the solution to the problems.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You summarize it very nicely. Yeah, one of the things about the facilitator is, is and probably is one of the hardest chip is, is not to become an expert. Right. Yeah. And and that's 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 a uh that's a very great line. Because once you are facilitating, you are y- if you have expertise in certain fields, you most likely tend are more willing to help. That's an that that's that's in everybody's personal nature, is trying to help and solve problems, right? And is you are and we are trained to be um problem solvers and provide the solution as opposed to help other people create the solution bring up solution by themselves
0: yeah we, had, we have actually both uh, the same journey because I was mm-hmm. also a consultant um, for organization and process uh, optimization long time and then mm-hmm. I changed the role to facilitation so there is a this is a change, actually, to change this role because most of the time you are here to bring the solution and then you have to step back and only use the tools to bring the tools and the guidance to the team and not give the solution. So did you have to deal with that sometimes?
1: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes I have to actually bite my tongue yeah. or I have to learn how to guide as opposed to tell it's more a um, diplomatic way of saying you not know not to do this but you know it is it's not even coming to thought about it it's actually it's for them actually to come up with ideas if something is missing that you think it is missing
0: yeah we had a talk a few weeks ago to prepare this interview and you told me that this new role fit better to your energy can you Absolutely. tell me more about that
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing that I found out, I mean, don't get me wrong. The projects that I had were fantastic. I mean, I, I love the projects that I had as a traditional consultant. It was very engaging, very satisfying. They were challenging. Mm-hmm. What I found out was that it depleted my energy tremendously up to a point where I was not able to be able to, to move on to other things. Uh, it was a constant because it was, it was just not actually doing the plan, but also was the execution of things. And after an intense project and uh, working, you know, long hours or working on, on the execution of, of the solution that we have actually, you know, actually, uh, uh, provided or recommended, I ended up, like I said, it's, it's just like somebody unplugged me completely, physically, mentally, emotionally. I was just, and it took me some time to recharge. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now with this new role, the difference is that I can see the light bulbs. I can see the energy, the team energy. I can see, I can feel that every time that we actually finish a workshop or a work session, there is positive energy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm not trained. I will say, you know, if I can give an example or analogy, I'm an athlete, right? So every time that I go to the gym or every time that I go swimming and I go training, I don't say it is, it's going to be easy. It's not going to be hard. It is hard. But it's a different type of tiredness after I finish each workout. And then I recharge my, my energy recharge really fast to come back to the I'm looking forward to the next train. I'm looking forward to going back. This does become like the same energy they get when I do actually work with teams is and, and help them, you know, guide them through these, these exercises as, as a facilitator. It, it, it is
0: empowered. It's empowerment.
1: Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is empowerment. It is, it is empowered. It is, like I said, it's, it's a positive energy. It's empowered. It is. For lack of words, <laughs> completely. I think you have to experience it. Yeah, uh,
0: but I um, feel I feel exactly the same actually. Because when you are as a consultant, I felt a little bit under pressure to bring the results, the outcomes. Um, even in sometimes in fields that I was not completely expert, because each company is working differently. So you have to. Uh, Take the time to really understand how the processes are, how the teams are working together, and and it's uh, it's draining the energy. And uh, as a facilitator, you are working in the background to create and design the workshop, and so that you can guide the team and guide also the energy that will be needed to make some activities. And at the end, the People are so empowered and so Mm -hmm. happy to have reached something together that this energy is coming back to you and uh, when it's here, you are happy to have unleashed their power. Is it the same for you? Yeah.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
2: Hi, I'm Katrin Siebex from Facilitators Connect and I have something for you. If you are an entrepreneur in the field of facilitation, keep your ears wide open. There is an event that you should not miss if you want to scale up your business and leverage your skills. It's called Facilitators Connect and it is a retreat which will take place from the 11th until the 15th of September in the Netherlands. Five intense days with top speakers who will hold exclusive workshops where you will get the most out of your own positioning, but also your sales and marketing strategy, with speakers such as Ahmad Munawar, Axel Vanquali, and the well-known Brittany Bowering. Grab your coupon in the show notes to get a special discount. Sign up super quick on facilitatorsconnect.com and join 40 facilitators from all over the world for five intense days for your business for your network, with like-minded people, but most of all, for yourself.
0: See you soon. So you, you told me also that you had already run workshops in the past without knowing that it was facilitation, but you also told me that the discovery of a certain method was a trigger for you to run workshops. Can you tell me what was this method?
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 kind of interesting because yes, we uh, I, like you said. I was running the work. I was really facilitating workshops without knowing that I was doing that. We were we were actually invited to actually to pitch for a client, and. So I got the team to do secondary and primary research. And then for a week, and then after that week, I called them, I called the meeting and says, we're going to meet in the boardroom. And I brought post-it notes and Sharpies and tell them, I asked them, okay, so now that we have all this research, what are the key sites? What actually you have learned? Let's put them on sticky notes and just put it on the wall and we plaster the wall. And then I asked them actually, you know, as I said, let's group them together and then categorize them. So, and then we start moving on. I think I know that I wasn't facilitating a workshop. I was just going through these natural notions of, okay, how am I going to bring something out and, 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 and find something that we needed to be, you know, to make the proposal stand out as opposed to the reason, you know, uh, working, working in silos. Um, and then I went again. I was invited to do a strategic, a facilitated strategic meeting for a new, for a new board a non-profit organizations. And I love that. I love the energy and I started doing the exercises, start looking, but I didn't know I was just picking up things from here, things from there. And every night I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to do the icebreaker or the warm up or what exercise I'm going to do? And I didn't have really a structure until I learned about design sprints.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I, and I have, the funny thing is I, I, I have been looking at, reading about design sprints. I have been looking about, looking at the book for the design sprint, even actually went to Barnes and Noble and browsed it. But no, I didn't buy it. I didn't, uh, I didn't get it. I didn't get into it until I decided something has to give, something has to give a better met- met method. I need to learn what will be the next step for me on this. And so I bought design sprint and he, it, gives, it really gives you a clear method of a process of how to actually move from from A to B, mm-hmm. and that was like a light bulb. Mm-hmm. It says, "Okay, now I have a frame that I can say I'm going to write a uh, five day workshop, four day workshop, one day workshop, two three workshops on how to you know how to move a team from from you know how to walk them, how to guide them from." point a to point c and then what it is some of the exercises what i need to be thinking about what the sequence will be
0: and was it for product or was it for problem solving because a lot of a lot of people think that design sprints are only for product teams or for ux designer but actually it's not like this
1: Mm. I, I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. I mean, the, uh, the, uh, design sprint that Jake Knapp mm-hmm. from, from Google who invented it was mainly, it's mainly focused on products and mm-hmm. product development and product, you know, uh, on, on, on improving certain aspect of a product and testing, testing it. But I'll find out that the framework actually, like you mentioned, could be to utilize for different things is the idea of how you move from, like I said, how you move from one part to another part, how you actually get great. Let's put it this way. It is the idea of how you create a flow of different exercises to come up with an outcome, an actual outcome. So it could be for product. It could be for corporate strategy. It could be for marketing strategy. It could be, you know, for messaging, if you will. That it has, it provides a way of thinking of how you can structure this, these exercises and guide the client. Like I said, for, from defining, uh, what the problem, get the alignment, you know, to ideating, to creating a solution, to creating a plan for action and then do the experiments and test it, So But it could be for, you know, it just doesn't have to be for products.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, after learning this method, you wanted to upgrade to, to upgrade your skills as facilitator. What did you do?
1: Yeah, I learned part of Design Sprint because I enrolled with the AJ and SMART. Okay. And then they, yeah, AJ and it's SMART, so I took their class. I took the workshop classes and I learned uh, about the process and learned the different exercises. But it's still, like any craft, like any, any skill, you need to upgrade it, right? You need to look for the next level. You need to continue, continue learn or or improve. So I took a, a workshop facilitator class and training, which actually was fantastic because I think actually provided me now that I had the framework. You also provided me certain aspects of facilitations that I was oblivious of, completely, completely oblivious about the role. Mm-hmm. About how I can better guide clients. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's been, it's been, it's, it has been, uh, you know, like I said, it's a tremendous help.
0: Now you are working as a workshop facilitator and you are using these methods every day. And how, what are your next steps in your facilitation career?
1: Two things I can really be thinking about. One is always, the upskilling. I, I don't think it is the funny thing is, is, I don't think we, we, we never stop learning.
0: Mm-hmm. It's true. Right. Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, so that's one thing for me is continue upskill, continue to look at other methods that can help clients in, 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 you know, and becoming, on becoming a better facilitator. Other things that I'm planning to do is projects is probably things on the radar will be training probably provide an online training. I started a newsletter that actually, you know, people want to be creative, people want to be innovative, people want to actually learn. Some of the exercises that we do, can learn from, you know, I'm sharing that through the newsletter.
0: What is the name of the newsletter?
1: Magic Play.
0: So I will put, of course, the link to your newsletter in the show notes. And I thank you very, very much for... All this input that you gave me, is there any exercises or um, activities that you prefer or that you like to put in your workshops, like a standard things that uh, Javier has always in his workshop, or do you uh, customize each time for your clients?
1: Well, it depends, actually. I think, actually, we have recipes. Yeah. And, 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 and it could be customizable depending on the client. But for example, um, one thing that definitely m- most, most of that is, 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 more than it than it than the an exercise, I will say. It's, uh, the rule of not on vote. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I love that. I love that part actually where clients could write their ideas and then individually the team can actually vote to get an aggregation feel of where they were leaning to or willing towards and then either have a discussion or have a final vote on where to, you know where to move to, to help them prioritize. That's one. The other one is that I like is it is the impact effort matrix. I think yeah. sometimes we get so backed down with all these ideas, creative ideas and on, on ways to move forward that it could be overwhelming where to start or what will be our next step. And the impact effort uh, matrix, it's a visual way to look at, okay, what will be the lowest effort that will have the highest back where we can actually focus our energy right now and then move on to other projects that actually we have identified.
0: Yeah. Yeah, these are two exercises that are Really really good for a team to commit to something, to make a decision together and faster, and um, to make a structured decision.
1: I think actually you probably have found this as well, that that's part of the beauty of it, right? Because you actually ended up with an actual outcome. It's just not a beautiful exercise of innovation or, or creativity. It is, okay, so... Once we go through this, we are making a decision on what we're going to do, how we're going to carry on.
0: Thank you, Javier. Javier, (laughs) (laughs) This is not so easy to say.
1: (laughs) No, no, come on, it is. (laughs) You're doing well, you're
0: doing well. Yeah, but for a French person, it's not so easy because the German language has also this ha- like ha right. ha and uh-huh. in french this is um the h is um this is a h this ha and this is something that is uh, mute actually in my language so this is not uh this ha is not something that i'm doing like is you know
1: but what about the j because actually the h in the spanish also is mute
0: yeah, the J but, but, is uh, G, so uh, in so French g- it would be Javier, okay. Gia, Gia, okay, it would be in French. <laughs> 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 so after this multicultural language <laughs> minute. <laughs> Thank you so much, Javier, for your time and uh, for your input. It was really a pleasure to talk to you.
1: Likewise, Nettie. Actually, it was very, very nice. Thank you very much for, you know, for having me.
0: Bye-bye and have a nice time. Bye.
1: You too. Thank you very much. Enjoy your day.
0: Don't hesitate to contact Javier on LinkedIn if you want to know more about his journey and his experiences and get some magical insights with this newsletter called The Magic Play. And here again because we don't want you to miss the event of 2023 for any of you who wants to take your facilitation skills to the next level or roll your facilitation business with a clear position and marketing strategy. Come to the Netherlands in September. Grab your coupon in the show notes, which gives you discount from 200 to 400 euros and go directly to the website facilitatorsconnect.com to get your spot we look forward to meeting you there in the bonus episode next week recorded live from bali on the terrace of my bungalow i had the big pleasure to talk to florian Jacques, co-founder and ceo of midstay a platform which offers services for digital nomads but also services for companies want to organize team retreats and work for their employees. So stay tuned and until then I wish you health, happiness and of
1: course a lot of success. Au revoir!